What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Between Two Posts. Kyle and Everett here, and uh, we're hoping to bring you guys the content you keep coming back for. Yeah, for some reason, people keep coming back. <laughs> Actually, so, doing something right, apparently. On, uh, on, the, on that note, I want to give a shout-out to Andrew Sockwell. He works at Goalie Monkey. He's a huge fan, and he listens to all the episodes. And when he has downtime, he actually goes back and catches up on episodes that he didn't listen to the week prior. Wow. So um, shout-out Andrew Sockwell. He also has great inside tips on all the food in big cities of Texas. He gave us a little bit of insight on also some more dumpy rinks that he's played at in Austin and weird uh, weird barns he's played at through the CHL. And then uh, what else did he tell me about? Oh, he he also brought up the debate. He said, what is with all these dudes picking in and out over what a BZ? And I said, isn't it trash? And he says, I don't mind the burgers at In-N-Out because they're nice and small, but the fries are garbo. The big W is far superior, and I said I 100% agree. You you posted something. I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook. Facebook. I saw Facebook. your like. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I It was at a weird time, I think. I think I was like scrolling before bed, and I saw it, and I started dying laughing because it was – I got to – you got to pull it up so we can get a verbatim of it because – I got it. Hang on. It, it's pretty funny. So the the post is headline – COVID-19 symptoms include having a lack of taste. And then it goes to people who think In-N-Out is better than Whataburger. And it's that weird little puppet that like side-eyes you and then looks away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the day, In-N-Out's trash. And when you go to a Whataburger or a Whatabeezy, as the boys down south call it, it's like it's head over heels better. The fries are delicious. Chicken strips are great. And the cheeseburgers just have flavor. Like In-N-Out doesn't have a flavor to it. It's just, it's, it's literally, it's the idea of an Instagram girl going somewhere for the, the aesthetic. That's it for the Instagram picture. That's, that's all what In-N-Out is. There's no taste. Everything's bad. It's trash. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all I got from In-N-Out. Not a fan. So, and that's all that area there is to say about that. But what do you think about the uh, the new proposed setup of the ice hockey rings that they're going to play, be playing NHL hockey games in? So it's interesting because it's, it's almost got a little bit null feel Shreveport here, like covering up a couple of the the extra states. Whoa, 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 whoa! We cannot compare it. To no, I think we. I think the we banners can. in Shreve. I think we can because. I'll say this, the the rendering that they did for uh like they posted mm-hmm, looked mm-hmm. sick. Like I was like, dang, like I I'd love to play there. Like this thing is an NHL, like they you know, they they put their spin on playoffs for uh to go along like the guidelines for COVID. Seeing the actual pictures was a disappointment. Cause in the rendering it's like they're gonna have these TV screens, 360 around the rink. All the seats are going to be covered with like these big logos and stuff. And like the actual pictures looks like they just put like a banner over the seats. And like there's like two projection screens on like the side of the rink. So, oh man, pretty at, at an A there between the N and the H. 
Oh man, I don't like. I remember the last time I was in Shreveport. Yeah, see, the renderings look disgusting, and the way they cover the seats is pretty cool. But um, when I was in Shreveport, there were like loose screws all around. There were painter lights everywhere, just covered in <laughs> dust and garbage. When you looked at some of the banners, they were just riddled with dust. Oh, and for anyone that says uh, that's not sure what the Nall is, if you're north of the border as we've gotten from some of our listeners at the London Vaughn uh, plant. The NAL is the North American Hockey League, which is a Tier 2 Junior A Hockey League in the United States. Very prominent in the South, the toughest division of the NAL. But anyways, when I was in Shreveport, it was so gross, and everything's just covered in dust and dirt. And I'm like, man, this is a wild place to play hockey. But... With it being the NHL, I mean, some of the renderings, I thought this was a true picture where they hung all those NHL banners over the seats. Is it not? No, the rendering looks like incredible. And I'll I'll pull up a – we can probably um, put these up with maybe a story or something so people can see because the, the difference is, like, crazy. It just mm. – it's not the same, so – well, it'll definitely make for an interesting setup. Um, lastly, or my last question was, I heard, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but to make everything neutral, depending on whoever is technically the home team for the game, they get all their music, goal horns, everything like that. So that's kind of cool. So, so a couple cool things. Well, one is, I don't know if you saw, like all the, even the home guys like Toronto and Edmonton are in the bubble hotel too. So, I mean, that's a pretty it's definitely leveling the playing field a lot. But yeah, you want to make it the, as even as possible. Yes, but then also the top seed gets the home locker room. So right now the Bruins um, are in the Maple Leaf locker room. That they're, I, I'm assuming they're going to be set up in there for uh, as long as they're going. I wonder if they're covering up all the logos and stuff while they're in there. No, that's why Spit and Chicklets posted something because Pasternak, put up a picture of him in the Maple Leaf locker room. And, uh, and then on his picture, he like X'd out all the Maple Leafs. <laughs> See, that's kind of funny because like, it's not like hockey back way back when, like in the eighties, you know, you hear about those guys that were fighters that like, if I saw that guy out in the street, I'd knock his head oh, yeah. off. I'd beat his ass, blah, blah, blah. And it was, you know, guys just that were just on another team. But the NHL of today is just, a bunch of really highly paid skill guys that are like, you know, it's whatever, man. So like yeah. after games, like Matthews could grab a beer with pasta and just talk about how gross they are at hockey. But yeah. it, that was the one thing where like, if you think about those guys doing something like that today, guys from the eighties getting put the Boston Bruins eighties team, getting put into the Maple Leafs locker room, like they'd rip shit down. <laughs> they'd tear down all like the Leafs logos. You know what I mean? They'd probably paint yeah. a different color. But uh, today's day and age, no one really cares. But I think it's kind of cool. I mean, you you definitely want that advantage when you're the top seed. You got to have something play in your favor for being that good, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy, like you said, like it would never happen back then. Like you never even let another team step foot in your locker room. And there's just so many like like things kind of, um, you know, obviously they have the logo on the carpet and the whole respecting logos and um who knows? I mean, I'm sure the guys nowadays are pretty respectful of each other. So, 
Yeah, and and you don't need to cause a mess or nothing like that at this point in the day because you don't want to get fined, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I don't mean I don't mean like damage wise. I just mean like if you let's say you're walking from like one side of the room to the other, like if you just like deliberately like just go across the logo and you know, not, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say you're not like damaging it, but that's probably like you if you're a Maple Leaf guy, you wouldn't want that happening. You know what's crazy, though? In the handful of NHL locker rooms I've been into, some don't care. I've been in some rooms where media, they come in and out, and everybody walks all over the logo. And I just, I remember I looked at Scotty and my mouth kind of dropped. I'm like, is this serious? Is this for real? But he's where like, was yeah, that? like, I, I don't want to say. I don't know if anyone's going to care, oh, really. Right. Not that we have a ton of listeners, but for those that do, an NHL locker room, uh, I had been in a couple of them where I can I see people just wander over the logo, <laughs> and it's just I think at that level they just it's one of those things that kind of gets thrown away. It's not like college or junior hockey where you worry about it as much, which to me is just yeah. like bizarre. But that's neither here nor there. Did you hear about the style stuff, Gal? Yeah, um, I mean I think it's fair considering you're uh, going into. Um, like the bubble for three months there's it's just not doesn't make sense. No one's even gonna see you going really in and out of the rink to mm-hmm. be in your suit. So um I'm yeah, I'm I'm game for that. Now I think I think it should be switched up a little bit because I see I know Austin Matthew spoke out a little bit about it. I take this as this should be a comfortable dress code. Like if 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 I were there now and you're saying I don't have to wear a suit and no one's there and there's no people to impress, I'm showing up in like sweatpants and a hoodie. Okay. Austin Matthews kind of dropped a little hint that he wants like the whole NHL dress code to be more like the NBA during the regular season too. Uh, now, I'm I'm all for what is their dress code though? What is the NBA dress code? Because I like, thought it was just like, like whatever. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's like who can flex the hardest, basically. Yeah, right? It's so, all about drip. Yeah. So I'll say this. Say it. I, I like nice stuff. I do. But I also think that's so unclassy to just wear like, like – I, I don't think it could ever change. Hockey – to me, hockey, you have to show up in a suit. And that was my thing. I had a thought on that too. Is just like like that's how it's always been. But the thing that the NBA gets, and the thing that NHL players can then or currently do, is you can express yourself in a different way. And I think self expression for some people they find it very very important. And I've seen clips of Matthews where they put the headlines. You can express out. yourself in a suit. These guys, Matthews is making eleven million a year. Yeah. He can go out and get whatever suit he wants. Go get a, like yeah. I don't know. Go get a, a Louis Vuitton suit or something. Get one custom made. I mean, you can drop you know five six figures on a suit. One hundred percent. They make the money for it. I totally get it, Kyle. But like I've seen pictures of Austin Matthews out in the street, like rocking streetwear, and he like. You can tell he goes out and he finds like cool t-shirts. He finds like the nineties look. He finds yeah, retro he, stuff. He does, but what what I'm saying is that's not to me like there's a difference between style and like 
looking good to oh, that was my alarm wake up there's, there's a difference between uh style and then looking like presentable and stuff so while you can you can look as stylish as you want in a t-shirt and shorts but at the end of the day it's you know to me if you're playing hockey go with tradition wear the suit you can style up the suit however you want and in your downtime you can wear you know whatever style clothes you want for for street clothes wise but in terms of of changing it i don't i don't think there's that many guys who want to change it i think there's maybe a few cuz who else even dresses like like matthews does i mean there's as the league gets younger and you get more young kids getting into it i think it'd be fun I'm sure there's a lot of Russian guys that would rather wear Adidas track suits uh, than that's, suits. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's. That's what it's going to turn into. It's not going to be. It's going to just turn into like. It it won't look good. It'll turn into. A, it'll I, turn into a fashion show. Is the issue? No, it won't. That's what I'm saying. Is it won't? I think it will. I think guys will I compete think, on what they could find and wear. I think. NHL guys don't care as much as nba guys do so here's why it kind of works for the nba now i'll state this first i'm not a fan of the nba's dress code i don't think it looks good personally Mm -hmm. i i just don't think that's a a good look for like professionalism now i think hockey guys there's only a few that would actually go out and like try to put together outfits and like you said the rest of them i think will literally show up in like track suits or whatever they found on the floor that day. That's just how hockey guys are. Hockey guys aren't like, oh, like drip. I'm going to go like flex on these. I'm going to go, you know, I don't know. Man, you really worded that eloquently. That was beautiful. I totally That's understand how you know where you're I'm getting from. old when I, I don't even know how to use this, the lingo um, or whatever. I think at the end of the day, like I totally understand. And that's where I'm torn with hockey is the issue with hockey is that things are always old school like you can't change the logo you can't change the the jersey you can't change this this is the classic way this is how it's played like realistically i think the nhl if they went to a four and four format because the the debate of opening up rinks making them bigger making an olympic sheet takes away from seating so it's never going to happen but if you did a four and four game it'd be faster it'd have benefits but that's a conversation that gets shut down that that's not the game i understand and i totally get the suits you're showing up to, you know, you got a business day. You had a big business meeting against the Oilers. Like, you want to look professional, look good, feel good, play good kind of thing. But at the same time, like, I like seeing the weird shit guys can find. And I get into, like, I don't buy streetwear. I don't buy Supreme. I don't get into, like, this heavy brand stuff. But I definitely like watching what other guys pick up and what they think is cool. Because sometimes I laugh. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes it looks awful. And I get a kick out of that. But I totally get the traditionalist side of things where the suit, it looks professional and that's the way it's been done for so, so long. With going off of what you said, I think there, if the NHL were to do it, there'd be a lot more laughing than there would be like, oh, that looks good. Yeah. Cause you, you like to your point, it's easier for a guy to walk in and get a suit put together than him going to a hype beast store and say, all right, like I need, I need, they don't know. I that's need, what I'm saying is a lot of these Can guys, I get the Jordan threes with like a neon t-shirt? So like, here's what I'm basing it off of. Right. Obviously I've played hockey for a while. I've, I'm still skating at, um, down here and we have a skate with, uh, like a couple of the KHL guys couple AHL guys 
And just seeing how they show up to the rink is mm-hmm. tells me all I need to know about how they how they would show up with a relaxed dress code. Like these guys, like to me, you either have like style or you don't. Mm-hmm. If you have style, it doesn't matter what you're wearing, whether it's a suit, street clothes, you can you can make something look good. And other guys literally look like they went to Goodwill to get whatever they're wearing. And so that's my take. Hey, sometimes you can find cool stuff at Goodwill, vintage. Yeah. Okay. You're 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 taking away from the the focus. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just uh, destroying your debate. Um. But anyways, so something new to between two posts, we're bringing on a special guest, somebody to discuss the uh, the ins and outs of the gambling world for you know hockey. His name is Pat. I've known him for a long time. Big time gambler. Uh, really knows the uh, the value, and he can find a, a really good line, the bets that he needs to pick up. So here's uh, here's that. All right, Kyle, and we got a uh, special guest on, our gambling expert, uh, Pat, who wants to go over a couple uh, hot and cold tips. Pat, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us. So uh, I hear you got some uh, hot lines lined up for the Stanley Cup playoffs. A few good ones, a few ones, good value, bad value, one sleeper pick for us. Oh, what, what do you got? Like uh, Colorado plus 700. So plus 700 means if you bet 100, you win 700. Colorado's a young team. I don't know. Living in this, this bubble is going to be tough. I don't know if a lot of the NBA guys are handling it well so far, but I think the younger guys are going to handle it a lot better than these older teams. Uh, okay. Vegas plus 750, I like. Pittsburgh plus 1,200. Uh, a couple... Lines I don't like. I don't think the Blues do it again. Blues plus 1,100 is pretty high. Or pretty low, that is. I think they'd be tough to do that twice. Uh, Tampa plus 550. They're the favorite to win it all right now. I think 5.5 to 1 is just too... Way too low. Way too low. If you're doing that, you're not getting paid for it. And then sleeper pick. Arizona Coyotes plus 5,500. How about the Yotes? Amazing value, and like we like we said, all you need is a hot goalie for this. And if if Kemper's good to go, I'd watch out. Yodi's to the cup. Um, now all those lines are those for win the cup, or is that win the series? Or that's for win the cup. That's for go all the way, win it all. I think the two uh, like couple teams with the best odds to get to the cup are the Bruins, Colorado. I know a lot of people have the Capitals. I think they would be uh, they'd be twice in the last three years if they went. That's that's crazy. I'm surprised, though, that Pittsburgh is so high. At, you said plus 1,200? Yeah, I think that's great value. I think anything, most sites should have Pittsburgh above plus 1,000. Anything above that, I think it's good. Man, like, but Pittsburgh's got to be hot. I mean, you're going to get a healthy two goalies, Murray and Jari. Murray's been to the cup finals twice. He's won twice. I know he had one playoff stint where he wasn't great, but you have a healthy Crosby, Malkin. Like, that whole squad is going to be ready to go. So you're going to tell me plus 1,200. Like, that's like that's huge value for you. So that's an interesting thing. another thing, too. I think the Stanley Cup's going to be in, in Canada this year. Is that right? It's going to be in Edmonton. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that could change things. I mean, that definitely changes things for like the, uh, I think it's kind of personal thing. I think it more affects older teams 
because a lot of these older teams, I mean, when they do like Stanley Cup home games, you know, they're with their family the night before, they're like relaxed, they're with their kids and stuff like that. A lot of these young guys, like I mean, Colorado, like very young team, I think the youngest team in the league, a lot of them, you know, they, most of them don't have families, they don't have kids they're spending with the night before. Uh, if anything, like when they're, when they have a home game for Stanley Cup, they might have just a, I don't know, girlfriend to distract them or girlfriends to distract them like the <laughs> night before. It might not like a, I don't know, like a home game might not help these young people, but being in a bubble, it's like, like, I mean, you think about like, like quarantine the last few months, like the people that I think handled it better, like the, like the millennial crowd, like the 30 and under crowd and the 30 over crowd might've kind of went a little crazy and uh, cram couple hundred hockey players in a bubble and I think you could see the same thing so at the end of the day the big takeaway is old people are not going to survive in the bubble but young kids that play Fortnite in NHL before pregames they're they're going to thrive right exactly they'll thrive oh yeah I mean think about like like uh like hockey trips like when you were younger when you were uh whenever it was the captain of captain of Eisenhower high school number 30 big three zero you go on hockey trips, you're playing playing video games with your, your teammates all the time. You're spending time, forced to spend time with your teammates and stuff like that. So, um, and I think, I don't know, I think the younger, younger teams just adapt to that much better. Yeah, they're definitely going to have high morale for the squad, so that's good news. But, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, did you, is, are the Coyotes your sleeper pick there? Yeah, okay. definitely. Plus 5,500, people say it's crazy. 55 to 1 is really high. Uh, the Blues won last year, right? Before the playoffs, the Blues, you can get the Blues at like plus 200, plus 250. Um, hmm. Or no, 250 to one, okay. not plus 250. Yep. Um, so that's 25 uh, plus 25,000. Wow. That would be crazy. Like if somebody told me you could take that and the Blues end up winning, I'd tell them they're, they're totally crazy. So we're, I don't know, Arizona plus 5,500. I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go. I like the value. Well, Pat, I want to say thank you so much for your, uh, throwing in your gambling. T- uh, sense and uh we'll see you next week thank you great talking to you guys we still do have an interview today with evan moyes um super null star he served his time in the vietnam with the wichita files wildcats now defunct but wichita falls warriors are coming back evan now spends his time at the ohio state university as a goaltender on their division one hockey team I thought uh, he's a pretty classy guy. What do you think? You, do you think he'd have good style off the ice? I'm. This is a toss-up, and not to not to throw him under the bus, but he he seems like a. He's kind of like a. He's not like a city boy, right? Okay. That's that's what I was looking for. Okay, so while we're, I'll I'll make this quick. Hockey guys, a lot of them are coming from these these farm towns in Manitoba or. Like basketball is a city game, so all these guys have like streetwear. Hockey yeah, they guys, get I feel like, are a little culture. bit more, a little bit more country, a little bit out of out of the city, and I think that's where the the streetwear doesn't really translate. So I don't take him as a as like a streetwear style. Maybe maybe there's like other style that I'm just not tuned into, but I'm gonna say he doesn't have like the the drip that you're talking about. Okay, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a toss-up because Evan Moyes year after year looks disgusting well, on ice. Yeah, on the ice, he's he's got it covered. So he always finds the next graphic, or he has like an unreal set. Imagine, so it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, let's send it over to Evan. We'll catch you after tonight between two posts, hailing from the beautiful 
wonderful, always travel to city of Olmstead Falls in Ohio. Standing at a very muscular, very handsome six foot two inches, Evan Moyes. How well, are you, buddy? Pretty good. Not bad. You know, uh, that I feel like you overpromised there. I'm really going to underachieve after that intro, but here I am. No chance. No chance. <laughs> You're a man of many stories. You've traveled a lot. You've trained with some of the best. I can't wait for this one. But uh, what's been new, man? How are you surviving in the current times today? Um, you know, just hanging out, kind of working a lot, skating every day, training, just passing the time away, you know, quarantine. Absolutely. Crazy. Were you able to get on ice already? Because I know Ohio has been one of those, uh, those pushback states where they really wanted to uh, overthrow the government there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been on the ice probably. We have like a little group of us. We've been skating three days a week for probably about a month and a half now. And uh, just this week, uh, I coach like youth camps with one of my buddies. And we uh, just this week, we started up those as well. So Sweet. Is that the uh, Ohio Project, those camps, or is it a different camp? Yeah, Ohio Hockey Project. It's uh, just like a you know local uh, local organization here. Uh, we do like youth camps. We have like some summer leagues. There's even like a summer league guy playing. That's like all of us older guys kind of go out and rip around and it's pretty fun. I mean, the youth stuff's a lot of fun. Just go out and mess around with the kids every day. And then, you know, obviously our summer league, we take it pretty seriously. So. Absolutely. It's the league of development. Now with the Ohio hockey project, what's, uh, I've seen a little bit about it, but what's, the main focus are you guys just trying to get more kids into the game or are you developing like current players what's uh what's it all about uh kind of a little bit of both it's pretty much we just want to like improve like cleveland hockey in general like i think from where it was like even like you look probably like when i started to where it is now like with the pop like there's like another another triple a team that popped up like and we're like filling like a lot of teams, like obviously we're growing it here, but at the same time, like, I think like the quality of player that's coming out of Cleveland has gotten a lot better. I mean, like you have, you know, Nadelkovic and I mean, you know, Sonny Milano was on that team. You have uh, Curtis Hall and Timmy Gettinger. Like there's been a lot of Evan good Moyes. quality. Yeah. Not that guy. That guy. Yeah. Don't put me on that list, but <laughs> no, I, I think, I think you've, you've seen like a, a pretty noticeable, uh, jump in like the quality of hockey coming out of Cleveland and and uh, you know whether it's I don't know whether it's us or whether it's just more kids are getting into it obviously with like the monsters coming into town a few years ago I think that's probably helped quite a bit just kids seeing that and saying you know I want to go try that I think uh, I think it's in a going in a good direction here yeah absolutely so, so me and Ev were talking about the other day about guys like uh uh Who's this streamer? Have Nasher, Na and then like the, the Nasher. Like, yeah, like those the the media guys. Because I, I think, think he's based out of Ohio. So like, does that he's Columbus? On, what's that? He's Columbus. Guys oh, on our Columbus. team like will go to the go to like on my team like over the summer here. They've been going to like the roller rinks and they'll play like roller with that guy. So really? he, so do you, do you think he has like an impact on on youth hockey in the in the area, or is he just more like? 
you know, kind of irrelevant. I mean, I've, I heard like a story, like there was like some like thing down in Columbus, like some event or whatever. And it was like Nasher and like Cam Atkinson were there, like off the jackets or yeah. whatever. And like the kids were more excited to see the Nasher guy than they were to see like Cam Atkinson. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, it's obviously like in our mind, it's backwards, but I mean, whatever gets them kind of, you know, around the rink and loving the game, I guess it works. So, yeah. I think that's funny, though, that you brought that up. And it's a really cool story because me and Kyle were talking about how to connect with kids, right? And Kyle made a great point because I, I like, I chirped, you know, the gaming side pretty hard. But the, the NHL is one of the leagues that's exploring the gaming side because it's reaching the kids, obviously, right? More yeah. kids at a younger age are more invested. Like, I could take an eight-year-old and he'll know more about video games, Minecraft, NHL than anything else rather than hockey because at that age, you're just not invested in the game yet. It's fun. You play it sometimes. You practice. You're on a team, whatever. But, like, they're invested in video games. They love video games. And then you got some guy who's talking about hockey all the time, like Nasher. Like, that's huge. But I hot take last time me and Kyle spoke about him was I wasn't a huge fan but the uh, guy had some roller hockey tweets. He's thinking about opening up a full-time like arena, roller hockey rink down in Columbus. So uh, I got to revoke my last statement. And I'm sorry, Nasher. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> and I feel so bad about what I said. And I appreciate your support for the roller dads. So there it is. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I like you were saying, I think I think it's, it's a good way to get kids involved. But at the same time, you want to make sure they're, they're playing a, ice hockey you know or roller hockey and not just focusing on the, the EASHL or whatever it's called <laughs> absolutely now you brought up a fun fact I forgot I didn't know at the first time you told me and then I forgot about but you're working on the goalie side for Ohio hockey project with Zabados right Shannon correct yeah how's uh like how do you guys approach that because obviously she's you know she knows the game pretty well clearly uh, has a couple medals and everything uh, is it pretty cool to work with her does she bring you know, like maybe an energetic vibe to the rink because last time I met her, she's loves hockey. She loves helping people like enjoy goaltending and develop. So I figured between the two of you, you guys got to bring some fun, uh, fun atmosphere to the rink. Yeah. So she's, she's unreal. Like she, I think she's like, she's on the ice this week and I think she's six or seven months pregnant. Like she's got, oh, a, God, got still a skating. Full, full belly on her. And I actually literally just before we started this, uh, the the guy that run Russ Sinkowich, the guy that runs like the the whole project or whatever, like he just called me and he said she she's like she's gonna you know step away for a while here and I mean like I I was really surprised she even she even came out uh you know this week but you know she, I know she has like a real passion for it and she really loves what she does and I know like obviously like for me like to have someone like that like out on the ice with you know, not only me, but the kids, I think like, it's pretty, pretty special. And I know, uh, I know the kids really look up to her. I mean, I look up to her as well. She's obviously extremely accomplished and everything she's done, but, um, no, I, I think, I think like we, we understand, like you gotta, you gotta keep it fun and you gotta keep, keep the kids interested in it. And I think, uh, we, we've been doing a pretty good job of that. That's awesome, man. Now, my last question about Ohio and goaltending is you came out of a hot spot with guys like Grant Valentine, Sparky, yourself, Eric Dopp, just to name a few, and you guys all went on to play college hockey. What what do you think sparked that big jump in developing goaltenders in the state of Ohio? Um, I mean, 
for me, like, I think, I think you look around and you look at like a lot of like the goalie. And I like, obviously I think this is one of those things that USA hockey has been pushing a lot is like, just getting like more like, I think they're calling it like grassroots goalie coaching or whatever. Like, like every like organization has like a goalie coach and stuff like that. But you look at like Columbus and you look at like Cleveland, like Cleveland, when I grew up, I would always go to this guy. His name was Jim Kessler. He has a son that played at uh, Ohio state and went and played like, you know, five, six years in the coast, I think. And then Ian Kessler, yep. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you have uh, like in Columbus, you had Dave Caruso who like, obviously like his resume kind of speaks for itself. As Absolute as beauty. Complete beauty. I think he's with USA hockey now. So he's doing, he's doing some big things, but like you look at like when, when I first started and like, I'm sure when Sparky first started, and I know Ned is literally neighbors with Jim Kesserich. Like, um, like we all were on the ice with these guys like right away. And I think, you know, obviously when you're kind of building up the fundamentals and the skating and stuff like that, like, I think it's really important to have like that, like a goalie's eye on you to try and like kind of develop what you need to develop. And I know like for me, like it was literally once a week I was out on the ice with Jim and like, I could only imagine like if I didn't have like that guidance and like that goalie coaching, which obviously that's what USA hockey is trying to fix now. with like all this like goalie coaching certifications and stuff like that. So I think, uh, I think it's headed in the right direction. No, that totally makes sense. Now, with that being said, you know, you named off a lot of big names, uh, but I was wondering, did you ever work with Sal or was he further away? Cause he was from the bus. So he was further away, but it's actually like small world. Uh, last year I did an internship with the triple a blue jackets. I just like would go really? out and I helped, uh, I helped like the U 16s. I helped the O fives and the O fours. Dave's a O four coach. So mm-hmm. like he, he was doing that. And then, uh, but Sal's kid is an O six, but he played up with the O fives. Yeah. So I was like coaching his kid and then there's another goalie or whatever. But yeah, actually, that's like the first time I really met Sal. He's a, he's a man. He's a beauty. Like he's got some good stories. Pretty funny guy. And I mean, Jay, his kid, JJ is, he's going to be a good goalie one day. Like you can tell he's already, he's already got it. Absolutely. Yeah. For the listeners, Sal is Jeff Solanko, a uh, goaltending coach for the Detroit Red Wings currently. Um, I think he he's he moved to Columbus every after everything was kind of said and done for him, um, and he started coaching there. But yeah, I hear JJ's gross. So yeah. you got to see it firsthand. Is he pretty good? Yeah, a little full righty. He, and I mean, like, Ooh, he, gross. Was playing, he was playing he was playing a year up or whatever. Like he's in 06, playing with 05s. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like a, a Jan or like an early 06 or whatever. So, or maybe a later, no, he, whatever 06 he is, it's like really absurd that he's playing up and doing as well as he is. That's awesome. And, and like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's really good. Like you can, you can just see like he, he can, he thinks the game really well. Like he, he already had, like he moves super well, moves like a goalie. Like you can tell he's going to be, he's going to be really good one day. And I mean, he like, he's one of those kids, like a lot of times when you got like the young kids, you got to kind of, you know, make it fun or like kind of keep him interested. Try and get on and work hard, but he's just all he just grinds away. So maybe one day when we get JJ on the pod in the future, he'll bring up, uh, yeah, I was working with this guy, Evan Moyes, back in Columbus. He really, you know, helped me start my game and find myself. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Not like, not like he was working with his dad every day, who's obviously his resume speaks for itself, but 
well, maybe he helped out a little bit, but <laughs> besides the point. Now, Evan Moyes, you're the story of the NA3. You're what everybody wants to aspire to be. You climb the ladder, NA3, to the CCHL, back to the North American Hockey League with the Wichita Falls Wildcats at the time with uh, LaFontaine as the big coach, and now you're at OSU. What, uh, I mean, we've already had some stories where we kind of give you a little shout out there, but the first place I got to start is the three-piece stick. How did you come up with something so innovative? Like, <laughs> that's groundbreaking stuff. And I think you're a legend in the NA for being able to pull off something like that. So, I mean, Ev, I, I think, I think we, you guys talked about it before, but the, 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 the stick, getting a stick in the gnaw is like kind of like you find the holy grail. Uh, especially yeah, as a it's, goalie, it's Willy Wonka is like golden ticket to the chocolate factory. Yeah, it's like I mean, <laughs> like five guys in the whole league might get one. Yeah, and and not to mention when you do get one and you're committed to Ohio State, they decide to send you a, a blue and gold one. So I don't know who did that one, but no, I mean, you know, you, you got to get innovative uh, when when times get tough, and you know, there's there's some old Eastern. Uh, recycled dumbbell player shafts sitting over in the corner of uh one of the equipment rooms or whatever and there was a a vaughn goalie stick that was broken in just the right spot uh so one day me and demp got bored after practice and decided to start filing away and cutting her down and we ended up just pretty much putting a little glue on it and jamming the the eastern shaft on it and actually i didn't even use it demp was using it the whole time but I just like, it was one of those things where just, you know, you're, you're going through practice or whatever. And it's one of those drills where it's like one ends kind of going at a time and you're just looking down and it's actually comical to just see a Vaughn stick with an Easton shaft on it. Like, and Demp's just playing away with it. Like it, it was one of those things like, and we made like a whole like snap story out of it, like just a complete joke. But I mean, obviously, you know, when you, when you did get the, the, a batch of sticks and you were really excited, but in between those batches, you, you had to make do with what you had. So how was, how did it work out? Did it last for a while? I, I actually think like he ended up going home with it. Cause it just, no, it, no lasted, way. <laughs> it lasted forever. Like it was one of those things. Like if the, if you got, you know how a lot of times with like wood sticks, you, and actually that was the other funny thing. You sent me those Forsberg sticks and like there was something wrong with like the lamination in the shaft or something like that. And every time they just like crack or whatever. And it like, so like that was one of the things about like that Easton stick that was so funny is like anytime you'd, br you'd break a shaft, like it was just go get like another Easton shaft out of the equipment room and slap her on there. <laughs> now to be fair in my defense at that time, you know, I had a lot of love for the boys. Dems, and uh evan were struggling so if they did order a couple sticks i might find one that might we might not need or that might have been a wrong <laughs> stick and you just you, you, you somehow find a way to slide it in the box and it mistakenly ends up in evan's hands and it's just one more to add to the arsenal for as long as it lasts so yeah. you know just trying to help the boys out that's all it is yeah and we needed uh we needed some help there uh, here. now witchy unfortunately had folded at the time but I know recently there's a new team, the Wichita Falls Warriors. I saw you gave them a little retweet. Do you have some love? Are you going to give them some advice as a, as a, an alumni? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I know like obviously uh, not a huge hockey following in Texas, but I'd say there's probably like 
thousand, fifteen hundred people in that city that really did care about hockey. And I think we're pretty sad to see it go, but um, it was actually really funny. So my goalie partner from the NA3 uh, is from Dallas and he's a goalie coach down there now. Um, and he ended up getting hired for the goalie coaching job for the Wichita Warriors. Like Spearsy's right-hand man, his name's Chris Johansson. He was my goalie coach in the, or my goalie partner in the NA3. Spearsy was Spearsy was my goalie coach when I was in Wichita Falls, but Spearsy oh, obviously yep, yep, yep. left for the program and now he's in Calgary or whatever. But um, so Chris, Chris kind of when Spearsy left, Chris took over the Allen job and like all the kind of Spearsy's clients. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so when that team got announced in Wichita Falls, uh, Spearsy or Chris ended up getting the job there. So I'm pretty pumped for him to have, you know, that little that little job down there. But that's good. It's like a rite of passage then. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so the way it worked when I was in Wichita Falls is Spearsy was always super busy, obviously. I had like a coasting to worry about and like a lot of privates and stuff. So me and Demp would would drive two hours to Dallas once a week and we'd hop on the ice with him. And then like if for whatever reason it was like a super crazy week and we couldn't make it out there. Chris, the guy that is the the goalie coach for the Warriors now, would like drive out to Wichita Falls and just put us through like an hour session just to like get us some touches for the week or whatever, which was pretty nice. And I mean, Chris is he's a pretty good goalie coach. And uh even when I was in NA three with him, like we had some good battles there that year. So Absolutely. And uh Kyle, I'm sure you got a plenty of NA questions for Evan, but I can't miss this one. How about uh, your little tilt there, Evan? You got you to gotta give me the play-by-play on what you were thinking because, I mean, it was a brawl that started off the bench, right? And then you... The and, one in Topeka or the one in Odessa? You had two fights? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you were... I don't know if you were there at this... Like, were you there? You were in the league when I was in the league, right? Same year? Probably not. I'm a 98, so I wouldn't have been oh. there until... Uh, Actually, let me look up real quick. His, Who were the, his year was, was it, 16, were you, 17. Were you yeah, there with there like soon. Rockwell and uh, and Snowden? Oh, Mike year. Rockwell and Snowy were there. What a legendary year. Those those are good guys. Though. I know Snowden's on my team now. He's beauty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. He uh he just he was his freshman year last year. But wait, who'd you, who'd you scrap then? Well, Rockwell was on the bench with like his helmet and his blocker on. Like just throwing blockers with a goalie helmet on. So like <laughs> from the this bench. was like yeah, from the bench. So this was okay. This is this was just like a mess. Like <laughs> um so it's OT. We have a kid, his name Ricky Carballo, and I mean he he was the man. Like he was he could he run his mouth, he could score, he could do whatever he needed him to do. He's just one of those guys that like I love playing with him. But so he scores the OT winner and this is at the Far, far end of the ice. Topeka's bench is on the other side of the bench. The other side of the ice. Ricky does a loop all the way around the ice. Guys are like chasing after him to like do a little huddle, like after he scored the game winner or whatever. And he just is like weaving through everyone, goes right in front of Topeka's bench and just starts selling his lights out. And then like a ref like tackled him. And at this point, like guys on Topeka's bench like are jumping over the bench and like just like swinging away. And then like obviously like everyone else came in and I was already off the bench and I, I saw like Rockwell throwing blockers with his helmet on. And I was like, all right, like that's not like really cool. So I just like 
skated over and like like tried like grabbing him and pulling him out and then like one of his guys grabbed me and then I like threw a few punches at him or whatever and then like he he just let me go and then one of my teammates came in and pulled me out I ended up getting like like 50 penalty minutes for the like just like jumping off the bench like taking my helmet off like like it was it was pretty just it was just wild like I I can't it was it was really just an absolute you know, just complete and all for a few seconds. It's there. a gong show. I mean, if there ever was one. So the year of 2016, 17, everybody, Evan Moyes was the enfor- enforcer in the all South because then you traveled to Odessa, right? Yeah. Oh, and you yeah. had another little tilt. Yeah. That was, I mean, that one was pretty funny. We played like, for whatever reason, we'd always play Odessa three and threes. Uh, like we played them um, like early in the year. I played. I went all three and then uh the next time we went back i played the first one i, I think i might have got yanked and then um Demp played the second one and the second night uh there like there was like a scrum in the middle of the ice and their goalie like like there's a scrum like in the neutral zone their goalie skated like into the scrum and just like decked one of our guys and then skated back to his net and like didn't get a penalty or anything and then the third night, Dem played again, and he ended up getting yanked. I went in for like five minutes, and then the goalie that jumped in the scrap the night prior, like so there was a there was a a shot. I think it was like offsides. The guy shot after the whistle, and then like guys started going at it in my zone, and I like looked down at the other end of the ice, and he's like waving me down. I look over at my coach and, and he just like gave me like this eye. And it was like one of those things where I just like, I kind of knew and the rap, the ref like is like, stop. And like, I like looked over at my coach again and, and it was like one of those things where I was just like, you're going or whatever. And then, uh, and I, we, obviously the rest is kind of history. We just squared up and threw a few punches and we ended up getting wrestled down or whatever. And then I went on a bit. Who'd you Johnny fight? Hogue. Johnny Hogue. He was a Vaughn guy. Big Vaughn guy. Just a Vaughn battle out there. Come on. It, and he, it was actually pretty funny. Like after the game, he like kind of waited by uh, like where we, where we like get off the go, like get on the bus or whatever. And he like, we like dapped each other up. Like we were just both like overagers. And it, it was funny because the way it worked out, they had two games left in the regular season. We had two games left in the regular season and we were, uh, we were going to play playoffs. So the Null suspended him for one game, I think, for ju- just so like he could have like his last junior game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got suspended one game for the fight, and one game because I did some sign language when I was going by Odessa's bench. And, um, and so – And then like I could uh, – I ended up being able to play in playoffs. But it was, it was funny because – the two games after that weekend, I, I got suspended for two games. And two games after that weekend, we were playing Corpus. So I literally went on an all-expense-paid vacation to Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah, Corpus is a sick spot. That was. But those are the I, best trips. I don't want to pass over the part you you mentioned. Uh, he met you out by the bus after the game. Like he like when we were like there's like you've been to Odessa right, Kyle? Yeah, I think you have too. Um, you know how there's yep. like that like that like garage you pull into and like their locker room is like on the one side and then like you like walk through like that big garage like out into the parking lot or whatever and like load your stuff on the bus 
know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's between the rink and then like the portables where like their locker room is, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, caption energy guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like he, like I was like walking through the door and and he was like standing there and like he he was like cool. Like it was just like one of those things. Like he was cool about it and like. I mean, obviously, like the night before, he kind of like jumped in a little in a little scrap. He probably shouldn't have, but at the end of the day, like it was a cool story, and neither of us really got hurt or anything. So it was just a good time. It was just one of those things. I'm glad I did. Well, it's just one of those. I mean, it's junior hockey. It's the Null South, the toughest uh, division in the Null. But at the end of the day, like goalies don't have hate for each other unless you've had like unless you have history with somebody and you beat them before, like you're chirping, blah 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 blah. Typically, you can't really like hate another goalie for no reason because you never have to deal with them. So, if there is going to be a goalie fight, more often than not, you're probably just going just because everybody else is, and you got the opportunity to. So, yeah. Oh yeah. You just want to get, or you want to get the get the boys going. You know, drive a little energy into the squad and have a solid third. That's yeah, cool. and I mean, like that night, that night, every time we played Odessa, it just turned, it, it got crazy, but. I, I remember that night. It was like a complete barn burn. Like it was like I think the game finished like eight seven or eight six. Like something, <laughs> something just absurd. Like like I so but it was really funny because like Demp got yanked and then their starter got yanked and then I went in and then uh like he went in and it it was like then like the two guys that got yanked had to go right back in the net. So it was like I, it is what it is. But it, I I definitely that was one of my favorite like little junior memories and uh so, I, yeah have you did you get to play in amarillo when you were there yeah i uh so like it was actually just a crazy year like the first 16 games of the year we didn't have like i was the only goalie on the roster we didn't have a backup goalie we just had an emergency backup, no backup. Every night. <laughs> so like I played four and four at the showcase. We played we played Amarillo at home. I think I played obviously played both those. And then we played four and four at the showcase. And I think we played Amarillo again there after the showcase. And I think it was like a three and three. I played those three. But yeah, Amarillo was a good time too. Did, so did they do the thing where they throw the balls after every single goal? Oh my god, with that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the country song and they have that. They drop like a pig from the ceiling every single time they score, and it like a real makes one. Some noise. Oh, dude, it's a it's an absolute circus there. But the fans will like intentionally try to like hit you with the balls they throw. They're like, oh, yeah, like soft like tennis ball kind of things. But they'll like try to just peg them at you and hit you. Wait, wait, wait. Though is it like? There's no way it's a real pig. No, it's like a stuffed no. animal oh, with like wings like a- on it or something. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> It's it's just one of the most absurd things you'll ever see hanging in the rafters of an arena. Like it's just yeah, I don't even know how else to describe it. But I mean, the only other big null thing I was gonna bring up was the fact that have you even played in the null unless your team doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, I literally every junior team I played for does not exist anymore. <laughs> I like I'm not I'm not even making it up. Every I mean I technically sat on bench for like two games in Janesville and they're still there but I I don't count that at all. Like so like <laughs> literally like with the NA3 team I played for moved to Wyoming, like they're gone. The CC team I played for just folded last year and they're moving no to way. Renfew and then 
uh, Wichita Falls folded, and like I think they're Maryland now, but obviously the team's going back in uh, in which in Wichita now. But I think it's a new franchise or something yeah. like that. But so that brings up a great question: Does that mean Ohio State might be in trouble when you're done? Got it. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think <laughs> I, I think they have the finances to keep everything going. I'm not. I mean, but you never know. Don't you guys have a joke. football team? Yeah, it's a it's a hockey school, but we just have a football team too. I mean, you got to give a, a, those guys a chance to play and be a part of a, the Ohio State University. You know? No, and I actually, in all seriousness, like having that football team like makes everyone's experience as far as student athletes go like everyone's experience like so much better because obviously they they do so well every year and they bring in so much money and everything like that like having those guys around makes uh makes everything a lot better i was actually uh chase young was my neighbor sophomore year he lived in the apartment next to me the the guy yeah the linebacker that just went like second overall so that was kind of cool but He's a, he was a big boy. He had, and it was so funny. He had like this little dog. He'd always be out walking and it was just like the funniest thing. Cause you have this huge six, six, like linebacker. And then like this little, like 20 pound dog just walking right next to him. But, <laughs> um, so Evan, that leads things into one last null question. So obviously living it, I, I never, drove to witchy so i don't know what it is but you go through some gross road trips right you go on what like state is that in wichita falls is still texas north oh, texas okay. north Te- yeah well yep. there's a wichita kansas too so i don't yeah oh yeah 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 but you you live through all south you go on some gross roadies that take way too many hours now my question to you is what's one of the grossest things you've seen on all those road trips oh um that is a a really really good question um you know i don't know just i just say the way the bus looked after the weekend in general like (laughs) like when you get back like saturday morning and there's just like pizza crust and just like water bottles and like just t-shirts and random stuff laying all over the ground or and it's just one of those, like our bus was all, like, we had a sleeper, like for what it's worth, it was pretty nice, but it was just really old. So mm-hmm. like you, you'd get off of it, like when you got to wherever you're going or like when you got home and you just like, you just feel like sick and like you needed a shower for like <laughs> 10 years. Cause like, it was just like old and grimy, but I mean, you guys had a bus though. That's a pretty big step in the, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it was so funny cause you guys might know who I don't know if you know who this is. Do you know Kevin St. Pierre is? I don't. That name uh, sounds familiar, but he was uh I'll say no. He was like he played in the coast for a while, played in the A a little bit, played in the Q. He was a goalie. But he he was our like he was our bus driver. Like when he was done playing in Wichita, uh he played for like Wichita Thunder in the coast or whatever. He this just guy like, played for forever. Yeah. From He's ninety five to ninety six, he played in the CHL, like all the other leagues, the UHL, and then he finished up in which he would in the coast with one game, two thousand fifteen sixteen. Oh, never mind. That was probably a like a e bug game. Yeah, and that was like there's like a, a video, like you show me like videos on YouTube of him. Like he he's the man. Like he's actually a beauty. But like that game, that game, he was like retired for like I don't remember how many years it was. Four. So he finished in two thousand ten eleven. That was his last actual year 
he was telling me about that game. He literally like e-bugged and someone got hurt and he went in and he like kind of like, I think he actually did pretty sick. And like, like they, like they ended up winning it like pretty, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny, but no, he was the man. He'd actually, so we had, we started the year with uh, Tony Curtali and Josh Nelson as coaches. And uh, Tony ended up getting fired and uh, Josh took over and um like on away games and stuff like uh kevin would like come on the bench sometimes and just like help out so it was like pretty cool to like have him around and i mean obviously he was a goalie so it was just cool to like hear his stories and get to talk to him after games and stuff like that like it was cool to have him around so for sure this this guy has been everywhere though like (laughs) he was in port huron port huron michigan he's played in uh uh, the English league. He's yep. played in the, the A, and then he's also played in like the Fed of Canada, which have, is the WC. The, no, the LNAH. Oh wow! Have, you'll have to like pull up his spec sheets because the one day like he showed me his hand, and he accidentally cut off one of his fingers with like a circular saw one time, and he was telling me like he's like, he like showed me his fingers, and he was telling me like he you guys had to make his gloves like special with like only like three finger stalls on the one side because he, he didn't have, he didn't have one of his, he like cut it off in a circular saw or something like that. So we've, we've actually had that uh, a little bit. People that have, uh, you know, might not be able to get into a glove that's, you know, just stock and we've tweaked it where it grabs at their wrist and stuff. So we've actually done a couple cool projects, but I'll have to dig that up and we're going to have to dig him up and see if he wants to jump on here because man, that is a traveler. (laughs) He had, he had some, good stories like just like listening to him talk i mean he was the man he, he played 65 games one year <laughs> are you guys on hockey db or ep i'm on ep go on like his hockey db and look at his look at his pims i'm pretty sure he he would like get into a lot of stuff he told he told me one story his team was down like eight two or something like that and his coach wasn't yanking him so rather than like like just play it out he just waited for a guy to skate across his crease and he just absolutely like like clotheslined him and started a brawl so he could get out of the game yeah Yeah. he had one year he had 37 pims in 40 games so i mean that's that's pretty high for a goalie yeah tulsa oilers classic now evan last uh and i gotta give a shout out to uh johnny bravo johnny waring beauty from witchy um he's played all over uh the country so far for ice hockey in college and big roller daddy um not to mention but he gave me all these stories now the last one you were vet in the league and i heard you ran the bus a little bit differently after a big sweep is that right (laughs) yeah yeah um you know, when we, when we would sweep or, you know, have a big win, you know, the last game of the series or whatever, I, I'd like to make sure everyone was enjoying it to the fullest. And I, there's, I had one rule after, after like a big sweep and it was no sleeping on my rig. I'd, I'd take the bus over. I'd make sure everyone was awake and everyone was having a good time. So that, that was the one rule was no sleeping on there. And it was actually funny for secret Santa, like the, uh, I had, Jonathan Bendorf had me or whatever and and uh he had, he got me like a shirt it has like a picture of a bus on it and it literally just like in big letters it says no sleeping on my rig and I, I mean I just it was just one of those things where it was like you're just you're fired up from a big sweep and you want to make sure everyone is having a good time and 
living in the moment or whatever. So you just got to wake them all up sometimes. Absolutely. Kyle, you got any more null questions you got for him? Man, I mean, there's no limit to what you can come up with in the null, but um, I mean, I guess just what's like your biggest just crazy null story? So um, the way like the, the null works with like officials and stuff like that is like you have like a few crews, I guess, are like stationed in different cities or whatever. So like the ones that are, were in like Wichita Falls, like they'd come to the rink like sometimes when we were pra- like when, like after our practices and before our practices and they just go skate around or whatever but um like you get you kind of get to like know like a few of them you just like see them around and stuff like that say hi whatever and yeah like I, the one game in amarillo like this this was actually like probably my you know fifth sixth game in the league whatever and i went up after the game and I like shook one of the ref's hands to like just be a nice guy, whatever. And as I'm getting off the ice, um, I'm, I'm skating off, whatever. My coach looks at me and he goes, you ever do that again? I'm going to trade you so quick. He hated refs and he was not scared to admit it. He was like super tough. And for what it's worth, like he was a super good coach. Like he, I think he has like eight Robbie cups. Like I think he's the winningest coach in all history, or whatever. But no way. Who was it? Tony Curtali. Oh. He was a like tornado coach. He was he was a good coach, but he like some some stuff would just set him off, and like he'd get so mad at you. And that was one of those things. Like he just did not like officials at all. But, and I oh, just, he I was just, a Detroit guy. Yeah, he's the man. He's a really good coach, but just that was like the scariest thing. Cause like, obviously like I've worked like three years to try and get to the mall. And then like all of a sudden I shake a ref's hand and I'm getting told like, yeah, yeah like you do that again. Like you're gone. <laughs> well, I guess that's the way she goes. Um, but no, I just wanted to jump kind of into your current state, Evan, like you climb the, you climb the ladder hard, you fought and clawed your way up and now you're at the Ohio state university, right? It's the uh, OSU. So with that being said, what's uh what's it like playing in the Big Ten now? I think you mentioned you guys might hop on a couple PJs maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, not as much as we'd like to, but we do we do get to rip around on the PJs a few times a year. But no, it's it's pretty crazy. Like you you come from, you know, obviously I was in the NA three for a while and then CC and then NA on and pretty much ever I played, I was on one of those high budget teams. I don't know what it's like for USHL guys when they come in, but, um, <laughs> wish I did, but I don't have that luxury. Um, but like you come in and, and you, you know, your first day you show up, you have like $300 worth of like Nike clothes and shoes and your stall just waiting. And you go up, you do your lift, whatever. And then you have like a, a nutritionist making you a smoothie or whatever. And it's, it's just like me, like my first couple of years, I was just like, so shell shocked. Cause like, I think like in Wichita falls, we'd get like a polo and a, and like a, and a track jacket. And that, that was literally it. And then like you go to Ohio state and you get like easily probably like thousand bucks worth of Nike stuff in one year. And you're just like, Holy cow. Like like I, I literally get so much of it. Like I start, like my dad start. I give stuff to my dad and my my big brother and stuff like that. And like, well, they want to rock it. They support. Oh yeah, no, but 
it's it's just and I I mean obviously for me like being a kid from Ohio it's pretty cool like it's literally if if I left right now I'd get to Ohio like my apartment in Ohio State in two hours like it's one of those things where I think I'm far enough away where like I kind of get that that feeling where I'm like not at home necessarily but yet I'm still like close enough where if I need to go home for a day or a weekend like I can do it for sure for sure now I mean obviously you get a lot of the amenities um but the one cool thing coming from uh, you know a Michigan state standpoint go green uh when you're down at OSU it's in Columbus so how cool is it being downtown a part of the city where the blue jackets are and everything like that because there's a what I don't think a lot of kids think about when you're looking for schools is there's a lot of culture when you're in a city like that where it's bigger there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of things going on just outside of being at school and being at university or college, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is really cool. Like there's a lot of a lot of unique spots. Like there's like an Italian village, a German village. We have like the short north. Obviously, you have all the stuff on campus going on. And mm-hmm. you have obviously like downtown, like the heart of Columbus, like around nationwide and stuff like that. So I mean, they're like, that's, what's so cool about Columbus is there's always something going on. Like there's so many cool places to eat so much stuff to be discovered. And I know like, uh, my goalie partner from freshman year, one of his roommates had like this little, like there's like 200 like restaurants you need to try in like Columbus. There's like some list and they got like, I think they, they got like a quarter way through it. And then they realized like, there's no way we ever get through all this. Like it's impossible. And I know like, even me and a couple guys last year, like we, there's like a little coffee house tour you do. And if you get like all the, all the checks or whatever, you get like a mug or something like that. And like, like I, like that's what's so cool. I think about Columbus is just like, it's so like diverse and like, there's so much going on that like you can kind of, you can kind of, you know, always find something you want to do or something you want to eat, whatever it may be. So outside of hockey, you, you're able to burn a lot of time and you can have a lot of fun with the boys, friends, everything like that. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I definitely think like whether it's just like going down to a Jackets game or whatever, like they play like some weeknight, some weeknight games or whatever. Or like if you want to go to like a cool like like sushi dinner or you want to go to like an Italian place or like there's some good place in German Village, like there's all that kind of stuff. Like so much just different things you can do. That's awesome, man. So back to uh, hockey and, you know, we've dropped a couple names here, uh, Dems. And then you got Tommy Napier, legend of uh, OSU. You got Romes that's playing with you currently. And the one thing I love about you, Evan, is you've always, you always seem to have, you have great relationships with a lot of the people you're friends with and you like and everything like that. But I don't think you've ever been on a team where you don't get along with your goalie partner. What, uh, how do you find that chem so fast? I mean, for me, like, especially like once I got to OSU, like I, I think one of the most important, if like you're ever in a position for anyone listening to this, if you're ever in a position where you're going to be a third goalie, you better like be able to put your ego aside really quick. Um, I think for me, like, it's just like they're at the end of the day, you're on the same team. And, you know, I, I, I really think like having like a good working relationship with them. And I mean, obviously like, every year like my goalie partner is normally one of my better friends i think it's just one of those things like if you guys are like obviously you're gonna push each other and you're gonna you want the net or whatever but at the same time like you got to know what's best for the team and you know i i always joke around with like 
guys on my team or, you know, guys at home, whatever. And I say like some guys are, you know, recruited to be division one hockey players and some guys are recruited to be division one teammates. So I think that's, uh, that's what I'm there for at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't have any problem admitting that, you know, Napes and Snowds are really good goalies and they deserve everything they get. And at the same time on the same hand or whatever, uh, you know, I know if, if I ever get my number called, like I'm, I'm perfectly serviceable and ready to go. Like just one of those things. Now, everyone is very unique in their own sense. Everyone is their own person. And I don't want you to take this in the wrong way, but somebody that I'm really, really good friends with, and he's a great buddy of mine, rival. Well, I don't know about a rival school, but another Ohio school he's at right now is Nate Phillips, Nate Dog. Goalie oh, yeah. coach currently, he worked for Culver. Um, now he's working as a hockey ops director at Bowling Green State University with the Falcons. But with that being said, I was tight with him and Hildy. I would always see those guys at the bars. I'd see Nate Dog when they were on the road trips at the bars and stuff like that. But you give off that vibe that I got from Nate Dog where the third guy on an NCAA team is so important because like you said, you got to put the ego aside. You always have to be ready and you have to continue to push yourself and everybody around you and be a, a part of their development. But the one thing I love watching about you is you're everybody's biggest fan, whether it's yourself, Rome's somebody on the team, like the support they get from you is just like Nate dog had for Hildy, um, Minnie and all those other guys he played with. I love that. Yeah, no, and it's funny you bring him up because I've talked to him like a few times and even when I was like looking at kind of like my options, like as far as colleges go, like I, one of the things I was, I read was like, he wrote like a, like a, it kind of was like a player's tribune or something like that for like Michigan hockey or whatever that website is. And yeah, I, Michigan I, hockey I, now, shout out Michael Caples. He doesn't listen to the podcast because it's too much goalie talk for him, but great guy and great for the, the game of Michigan or great for the game in the state of Michigan. Sorry, Evan. Yeah, no, but I mean like that was one of the things I read and just like, I don't know. Like obviously like there was like a lot of like D three schools, a couple of smaller D one schools like on the table. And like when it came down to it, like I, I just knew like the experience I was going to get and like everything that like, as far as just being close to home and like mm-hmm. being on a big 10 or being a part of a big 10 program, stuff like that. Like, like there, I, I wasn't going to get the experience I'm getting like anywhere else. And I mean, as far as like, like what I try and do as a teammate and everything like that. I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone's got it. I think that's like a problem that you see in like a lot of like youth hockey and stuff like that nowadays is kids have like a really tough time being honest with themselves and like knowing kind of where they stand. And like, I, th- I think like, for me, like I just kind of walked in or whatever. And I like, I kind of like knew my, knew what my role was going to be. Like I was like, if I'm the best, you know, if Napes is the best starter, he can be, if, if I'm the best third guy I can be, if, you know, Carson Myers, the best, you know, first line winger, whatever he plays, mm-hmm. like he can be like, we're going to be a heck of a team. And like, I mean, like, it's, it's just one of those things. Everyone's pulling on the same rope and to be like, to be like one of those guys where it's like, all right, this needs, like, I want it to be about me now, whatever. Like, like you're obviously never going to like go anywhere with that. Like the team's obviously going to hurt the team. It's going to hurt yourself and just not a winning recipe. No. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you guys can walk away and I don't want to jinx anything, knock on wood, I'm not trying to say anything early, but if you guys can make a run and you guys 
end up going to an NCAA final. Things work out. You guys walk away with a, a national championship. <laughs> Your position on that team, along with Timmy's, along with everybody else's that comes together, it's a, it, it, it comes down to building that team effort, giving everybody a good environment, and everyone's pushing each other to win. So at the end of the day, like you said, I think your mindset's beautiful in the way that uh, you're thinking whoever is the best for the job and can get the job done or puts everybody in a position to help the team, that's got to be the way to go, right? So I love that about you, buddy. Now, you've always had Unreal Sty. We got something cooking for you now for next year. We won't drop it, what it is going to be, but we got something sweet cooking but the one thing and unfortunately kyle's internet uh, connection is trash thank you spectrum for nothing um you've always had the uh the, the interesting cheater cage i'm not a huge fan i know a lot of people beak it but it's like it's a part of like if, if there was a spec moving forward like people talk about tim thomas i think you now carry the cheater cage as the evan moy spec what keeps you in that cage honestly a, I just think it looks cool. Like, and I think it's like different. Like, everyone wears cat eye, whatever. But no, like Tim. I always thought Tim Thomas was so cool growing up. Like, he was just one of those guys that he just go out there and play, and he didn't really care at all, like how he stopped the puck or like what people thought of him, stuff like that. Like, he was. I just thought he was the man. But um, that, no, and I, I always kind of like liked his helmets and the way they looked. I just thought they, they're pretty cool. And I obviously like. I don't think it's very safe necessarily to wear some of the stuff he wore as far as his helmets go. But I, I think like just the cage alone is something I can kind of, uh, I can kind of take a little bit of, of Tim Thomas with me. Absolutely. And you marked it as your own, at least I think so. But <laughs> with that being said, now you weren't, you were a CCM guy before we had met and it took a little bit convincing, but what at the end of the day made you switch uh, from CCM to Vaughn? Well, the I wore CCM because I was with the CC was sponsored by. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, but um, and you were Brian's before that. Brian's before that, yeah. But um, no, honestly, just like for me, I just kind of thought it was like one of those things where I like kind of knew how reps worked, and like I always felt that like you and Scotty like did a really good job about like staying in touch with me and like getting me what I needed and stuff like that, and obviously that went like a super long way with me and I knew, I knew like how good you guys were about like custom stuff. So like I'm not in like a super, super stock pad, but like it's exactly what I want. And I've, I've been in it for like what, two years or three years now. Like the Trust same me, thing. We know it's not super stock. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but no, like, I, I mean, it's exact, it's exactly what I want and you guys have always been super good to me. So there's, there was no, no really uh doubt in my mind no matter what it may have seemed like that I was going to start wearing your guys' stuff once I got to school. Man, Evan, you're just such a beauty. You know that? A legend. <laughs> just a legend on Between Two Posts. Now, we'll wrap it up here. I've taken a lot of your time, but I know in your uh, your downtime in the Great Land, it, I, I'll get this right, but the bar and grill that your family runs, is that in Olmstead or is that closer to the land like downtown Cleveland? No, it's, it's, it's in Olmstead. It's okay. literally like a two, like not even a two minute drive from my house. Like it's on the same road. Oh, wow. That's perfect. Now, with that being said, I noticed some of your snaps and your posts, you're a little bit of a culinary artist. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I, I was actually joking with someone about this the other day. 
and uh, there's there's a few guarantees in life, you know, death taxes, and for me, one of them is working at your family business. So <laughs> I I hop back in the kitchen every now and then, and I uh, I give her back there. But yeah, I, I would definitely not refer to myself as a culinary artist. I definitely say I I have the knowledge to uh to put together what I need to put together back there, but that's about it. Cause as soon as I get home or as soon as I get to school, the last thing I want to do after working in that kitchen all summer is cook. So really that's funny because Hildy was the opposite way. He hated dorm food. So then he learned how to cook on his own. So now he loves it. But when it's your job, you probably don't want to deal with it afterwards. So that makes sense. No. And I, my dad, like my dad has a huge menu up there. Like it literally goes from like, like your wings and your apps and stuff like that. Like literally sometimes you'll be cooking like a blackened like piece of tilapia or like ribeye <laughs> or like a flat iron steak. And you're just like, what is going on right now? Like I thought this was a bar, but obviously he's got it figured out. Like he does pretty well up there. So, so give me a little plug here. What's the name of the bar? Where's it at? And uh, what do you guys got going on? Cause I know it does, it's more than just a bar and grill. You guys do volleyball, right? During the yeah. summer. Yeah. So, if, um, it's called Razzles in Olmstead Falls, but um, he it's one of the he's got like 400 teams up there. He's got five sand courts, a like pretty big patio, and wow. uh, he uh, yeah he's got it set up pretty well up there. Actually, it was actually kind of funny because probably about mm, like eight nine years ago, there was like he had his he had his sand courts on like a corner lot, and he was leasing the leasing the land from this guy and this guy ended up selling the land to CVS. So like it kind of turned into like a blessing in disguise cause he had to build like the five courts in the back. So like now he's got like a huge, huge volleyball league going up, going on up there and he's got, you know, cornhole, everything else. And that, that obviously that all just started up with the quarantine being lifted and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy up there. Definitely uh, cooking a lot of food and, Having sure, a good uh, time. Yeah. I call it a good time, I guess. <laughs> so with that being said, Ohio on our listeners ranks at 2% of all of our listeners in the United States. So with that being the number, 27% of those people are in Cleveland. So, I mean, of those 27%, if you're out there listening, you need something to do, you're looking to throw down on a volleyball court, you got a team you want to sign up, head over to uh, see Evan Moyes in Olmstead Falls. So Evan I appreciate the time, man. This has been fun, reminiscing, telling the good old stories. Uh, do you got anything else you want to uh, drop in here? Man, I'm all good. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun. What's the uh, What's the Instagram handle? Just at Evan Moyes, all lowercase, no spaces. I forgot to ask, what happened to Flow Daddy? Oh, I grew out of it. Oh, come on. I had to, I had to grow up at some point. I mean, you got the flow going now. It was short though. I got it cut like right at the beginning of the year. I just haven't, obviously with everything going on, I haven't had a chance to get it cut. Keep it going. Bring it back. Bring back Flow Daddy Moist for the senior year, right? No, no, <laughs> no one wants that. I got this mop on my head. I look like an absolute greaser. Oh man. Well, Evan, thank you so much for the time, buddy. I can't wait to see what you guys are able to pull off moving forward in the next year. You and the boys at OSU, best of luck. And obviously you need anything from us. So you just give me a ring and ding ding. All right. Sounds good, brother. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. We'll see you. Another big thank you to Evan, the Flow Daddy. Actually, it's not the Flow Daddy. Sorry. It's Evan Flow Daddy Moyes at the 
Ohio State University for uh, hopping on and telling us his Vietnam stories and uh, what it's like at OSU. Kyle, what'd you think? Uh, I had a great time. Uh, always, always cool talking to guys who went through the the trenches in the Vietnam. He he definitely did that. Served his time. Um, and look where it got him now. Probably one of the filthiest setups in college hockey. So you're not going to believe his next set of gear. It's going to be so gross. It's going to be disgusting. So buckle up for that. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Oh, Kyle, I guess we could drop. I mean, eh, maybe next week. But uh, you and me, we're going to spend some time together in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might have to line up a couple live interviews there. That'd be be pretty elite for the podcast i i think it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be hard to find anyone with interviewing at state wars during the senior no, a double a triple a division but maybe but me and you could be together like oh on, yeah for sure that's what oh, we gotta do that'd be that'd be huge just for communication wise so yep um i just booked uh my airbnb well, and it's a sunroom with a bed in it and uh it's only 40 dollars a night so we're gonna see how that goes and then I talked to my friend Nate Dog at Bowling Green, and he goes, "You better be careful because some parts of Fort Wayne can be kind of sketchy." And I go, "Sweet, yeah. I'm gonna get jumped." Probably at that forty dollar hotel. <laughs> it's not a hotel; it's an Airbnb. Oh, it's oh, somebody's a house. A forty dollar Airbnb. Yep. Yeah. I you're mean, all I need. How you're not? Are you splitting this with someone, or this is forty dollars for the Airbnb? No, it's a it's a spare room. They said they're not there very often, so all I need is a place to sleep at night and uh, hopefully not get bed bugs. I'm more worried about you going missing. I mean, the the nice part is you're going to be a street over, so if anything happens, uh, you're close by. So like, cause you get like they they say it's the 40 hour window, you got to find a clue. So if I go missing or anything happens, you got 48 hours to dig and find a clue on where I am. All right. Maybe I'll bring like a, maybe I'll buy a spare because my iPhone's kind of dying. I'll buy a new iPhone. I'll give it a new phone number and I'll put track my iPhone and then I'll like I'll, I'll hide that in one of my shoes or something so that way if they do take me, it'll always be with me and then they'll smash my old phone and then you can track me still. How's yeah. that? Yeah, they won't even suspect that you have two iPhones. Though. No, because that would be so stupid, right? Like what yeah. kind of an idiot? Ha! Jokes on them. So yeah. Well, that's all I got for this week, Kyle. What do you got? Um. Not much, just everyone keep grinding and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some NHL hockey real soon. Real, real soon. I'm excited for the preseason game so I can watch the Yotes go and, on a rip. And I'll say, I I'm, I was a little doubtful. I was a little doubtful. I didn't know um, I didn't know if we'd get to this point. So it was looking a I little mean, a little dark for a while. A little doubtful. I mean, maybe that's you, but me on the other end, I never thought we'd get to this point. I thought they would have shut it down. That's what I, I was saying. Yeah, like I thought we wouldn't be playing hockey. So it's uh, so you were awesome. more than a little doubtful. I was fully doubtful that this was going to happen. Yeah, I said I said it with like that high voice, so mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it's like sarcastic. Mm -hmm. So it's like a little a little doubtful. doubtful. Like, like, like I little. was, I did not think at all we'd be playing hockey. So no. And you look at what the MLB is doing. Ha laugh in the face of baseball yeah so uh until next week kyle yeah see you. So if you're still listening don't be afraid to like subscribe and rate the podcast and be sure to follow and whatever your uh your listening medium allows but uh show us some support you know maybe throw us a dm let us know what you like what you don't like what you want to hear next 
and uh, we'll take it into consideration. Doesn't mean we're going to do it. You can't always cave to the fans, but you know, <laughs> if you got an idea and it's good, maybe we'll uh, we'll yeah. line it up. So, Carol, I'll uh, see you in a bit. All right, see ya.